The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 148. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm okay. I don't have any like funny stories to share. I've got nothing that's really been going on. Like I told you off mic that it's now going to be on mic. I've been in a, kind of like of a funk. Uh, just not because I am showering. I don't smell bad. <laughs> um, although pit check was fine. Uh, it's just I, I've been, you know, everyone is probably going through the same thing. We've been in our in our own environment. Then finally, like they're letting us out type of thing. But I've still been in my own environment for weeks now. And some of my bad habits are starting to... Uh, like fester and take more control over what I do you know like I'll be writing a piece I'm like oh I can have a video running it's fine and then a video running turns into uh, a short clip a short clip turns into an episode an episode turns into the wire like I've restarted (laughs) watching the wire again that's a 45 minute to 50 minute endeavor for each episode while I'm writing meanwhile I can't stay focused on just one thing very well short clips cool i could do that but when it comes to like a tv episode i'll write something and then my attention turns to the right where my second monitor is and then it just sits there for 20 minutes before i realize i haven't written a damn word so i've got to recheck some of these bad these bad habits that i've been going through and just kind of get those out of there all right i mean that's a productive day at least like we're coming to that realization and then making those changes that's right i got to make those changes like michael jackson said (laughs) there you go so um I I do have a funny anecdote that I could share. So the last two nights at I th- last night was like midnight. The day before that was like two thirty in the morning. I think I don't know. I'll explain in a second. It'll make sense. Okay. Someone in my neighborhood, very close, is shooting off fireworks, and like oh. all the windows are open in my house. And the other night at two thirty in the morning. Like, I was so... I must have been in such, like, a deep REM cycle sleep. Like, I didn't know what was happening. Like, I thought maybe, like, someone was getting shot, like, right outside my window. <laughs> and I'm, like, coming to, like, trying to wake up. And I'm, like, I, I don't I don't even care right now. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> trying to, like, come to. And it was so weird. And then I woke up the next morning. I was, like, w- was that a dream? Like, I was just in, like, a weird state. And it threw off my entire sleep the rest of the night after that. Oh, it ruins it. So I, I had something kind of similar last night where I heard voices, um, Weird. which sounds terrible and terrifying. And it wasn't like 
three o'clock in the morning where everything was still pitch black. It was like four. I could hear the morning birds and I could hear people like shouting at each other going like, what the hell? And it woke me up. Yeah. And I couldn't get back to sleep. What are these people shouting at each other at four in the morning? What is going on? Go back to sleep. Anyways, hey, there's so one now. You, with you hear it? Did you hear it? There was one right now. I heard something. I thought you dropped something. No, no. I see. I'm, I'm podcasting upstairs because it's hot as hell upstairs. So I have the windows open. So I promise you that no one is getting shot like right outside my window. There's just the maniacs <laughs> with the fireworks, Mitch. It won't stop. Oh, man. We had those too. Like they've kind of put a uh, chain on, on the fence to the, the schoolyard behind us. People still get through anyways. Um, but usually in the summer months. People go into that yard and just like, not even just like firecrackers or like Roman candles, like fireworks. They throw up these big, huge things and these big, huge explosions right over my house. Guys, it's two in the morning. What the hell are you doing? I had to chase a few of them off a few times. Full on boxers just running at them <laughs> like a maniac. I'm trying to sleep here. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, just a preface. If you hear explosions in the background, that's what it is. And uh, I- I'm not... I love you guys, but I'm not closing the windows. It's too hot in here, man. We're gonna have to deal with the uh, with the little noise in the background. Yeah, the little pops here and there. That's fine. So let's get into it, Mitch. We have a little bit of drama to talk about. So uh, there's some arena issues going on with the New York Islanders. Surprise, surprise. We just can't have nice things, right? Like it just was just not allowed. That's just not something that we're allowed to do anymore. I guess, right? Just every time we think we got some stability. Ha ha ha! No, you don't. Screw you guys. Every goddamn time. Yes. It's annoying. So there's a. If you don't know and been living under a rock the past couple of days, there's a chance the Islanders won't be able to play at the Coliseum next year because uh, was it Mikhail Prokhorov? Right, is yep. looking to get rid of his debt in that building. So he's gonna keep it closed for the time being unless someone wants to take it over this is just killing wow me. i i this is <laughs> this is all night mitch all night i can't work in these conditions i'm going crazy over here someone's celebrating mikhail progorov saying i need to get a hundred million dollars those jerks uh yeah so it really comes down to mikhail progorov is like i don't want to I don't want to have another hundred million dollars of nothing, so I will close this and screw you. You pay me, please. Uh, that's my best Russian accent. Okay. I got the Mickey Mouse down, so I'm just trying to add them left, right, and center now. <laughs> uh, that, that's really it. Um, and it seems like he, well, not seems, he is shuddering. He's closing the door on the Nassau Coliseum. He's saying, no, yet you cannot go here and play hockey. Or have concerts, or do anything else to try to like li- like pay that money back, or or at least bring some money in so he can pay it, um, or service his debt, I should say. Uh, so it seems like it, it is shut indefinitely, which is, as far as I can tell, a negotiation tactic. Yes. <laughs> this is why I, I keep, keep thinking you're banging face. your glass on your keep desk. The straight face. <laughs> How many do they have? I don't know. This is just gonna be all night. Um. Just yell at the window. How many do you have? I need to know. <laughs> oh, man. We're we talking about Progorov? Yeah, okay. So negotiation tactic. So then what's what's the next step? What's the next play? Well, it, it could be a number of things, right? So like Arthur Staples said in his, in his piece that uh, County Executive Laura Corrin, uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, governor of the state, uh, as well as the Islanders' ownership can step in and do something about it. 
uh, come, in, come in with a play. Uh, but I, I don't know what that play is exactly. Obviously, they're not going to say, like, oh, here's another $100 million, Mikhail. Don't worry about it. The Islanders' owners have already, sh- like, shelled out a ton of money. Yep. I don't think they're in the business of saying, let us shell out another $100 million here. I don't think that's going to work. I, I really doubt it. No, absolutely not. And if it if it did come down to that, you figure they would just go back to the Barclays Center, right? It's a possibility, of course, because uh, they still have that agreement, right? Like something they signed in two thousand eight, saying that they they are they're splitting between the two, but they're still contracted to play. They can still service a contract and play at the Barclays Center. So that is still a possibility. Although the less likely one, I would say, I think the likely solution is they stay at the Coliseum, um, but. That there's a very real possibility that they, they could go to Brooklyn because, uh, well, they've done it before, right? Like the Islanders thought they could stay at Long Island just until the new one comes in and then like, ha, ha, ha. No, you can't. Yeah, I, it's it's crazy. It, it really is. And uh, unfortunately, it's just another layer. It, it seems to never end, Mitch, with this arena drama. It's just one thing after another of just another issue where like, they're just not making money there. They're, they're just not making money at the Nassau Coliseum. It's just not happening. No one is making monies anywhere, uh, which is – so it's not an Islanders. It is not just the Islanders. They're not making money at all. Like they had concerts and boxing and all kinds of other things, maybe not boxing, but all kinds of other events at the Nassau Coliseum without the Islanders, and they still weren't making money. So I, I, I kind of get a sense of optimism when it comes to Belmont, right, where it's like it really seems it's the venue. Mm-hmm. It is not the product on the ice. It is not the product being put on the ice. It's the venue, uh, which when you have a nicer venue, that's going to be huge for the Islanders. Yeah, and that itself is going to be a draw, especially early on in the first few years. You know, people are going to want to go out and see it. But if if it is a really nice experience, then it'll just make those people want to come back even more. That's right. Like, there's a whole bunch of financial issues that that I don't necessarily uh, can't, can't, can necessarily speak on when it comes to the Nassau Coliseum, but it really seems that there's a financial problem with the Nassau Coliseum where it just cannot make the money it needs to service whatever debt has been leaned against it, right? Like, if they have a $100 million debt uh, on the Nassau Coliseum. They, they still pay out $4.4 million to the county every year, uh, and then there's, there's other factors, there's, there's other financial factors as well, but it just seems that they're not making enough money to justify that place being in existence. Right, which it, which is sad. It really is, and this just, it, like I said, it just keeps getting worse. And it, it finally reopened after being redone, and it's they still can't get it right. It, it's it's tough. You know what makes it a little bit worse? Of course, this is all bad, but just like the cherry on top of the cake, the little boom, uh, is uh, the last memory of the Nassau Coliseum. The last piece of action that happened at the La- Nassau Coliseum was an Andrei Svechnikov high stick that wasn't allowed. We were at that game. That's right. Right? That's the last piece. That's the last thing that happened. Andrei Sveshnikov stick well over his head, but that's fair because he redirected and it came off the post, guys. If it went in the net, no good. But off the post and to Vincent Trocek to the left, ha, fair. That is totally fair. That is, oh, what? what do you mean? That is pure hockey. That's the last thing that happened at the Nassau Coliseum. Well, that's depressing. Exactly. So anything else on the uh, Coliseum drama? It's kind of wait and see for now, right? It's a, a, Everything is wait and see right now. Ilya Sorokin, which we'll get to, wait and see this, wait and see. A lot of it is wait and see, but there is a possibility that they could still go there. I, I don't know what po- oh, poos, what pieces need to move to, in order to make that happen, but it seems that there's 
at least some hope that they could still potentially return to the Nassau Coliseum because a lot of this is just smoke and mirrors financially for Mikhail Prokhorov. Uh, to, to me, I don't know why he just doesn't resurface the debt. Like he did yeah. that for the, the Barclays Center, right? He did that just two years ago, I believe, with the Barclays Center, resurfaced like $300 million worth of debt because the bond market was good. Uh, the bond market is not as good as it was then, but it's still pretty good uh, with like 3% yields, I think. I think that's what I looked up the other day. So like... He can still make some monies or at least reduce what he's got. I, I don't necessarily know fully how it works, but he could probably do that trick again. Yeah, there's got to be a way around this, but um, definitely just something worth mentioning as that storyline seems to never end. But when we come back, we're going to get into where the Islanders look like they're headed when the playoffs return. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson with you talking Islanders hockey and it appears that the Eastern Conference is heading to Vegas, Mitch. That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, right? I, I guess. I, I don't know why. Uh, I guess it's because they can't find a good Eastern Conference venue. So, if you, again, you've lived under a rock tower and then you, you're not aware of what, what is happening here. Uh, it seems that on June 22nd, we will know uh, what cities will host or will be the two hub cities for the NHL when it has its return to play. Uh, and it seems that Vegas is going to be one, which we all assumed anyways. It seemed that that's where they were going regardless. Pardon me. But according to reporting by the by Newsday, um, Western Con- no no home team, sorry, no team will play home games. And by that, I mean actually home games. They won't play in their actual home arena. So that means that if the... If Vegas is a hub city, that means the Eastern Conference teams will play through Vegas rather than play somewhere on the Eastern Seaboard, which is really kind of strange. It is, and then that kind of makes you wonder what time the games are going to start and all that stuff because the the time change is going to really mess things up a little bit. It's, I believe, two hours behind, right? I believe so, yeah. So it's not quite like if they were going to play in... Uh, in Vancouver or Edmonton, really, but kind of close, right? So, like, 8, maybe 9 o'clock starts. Yeah, normal. normally, like, if the Islanders were on the road, I think th- in Vegas, I think they'd be either 9 or 10 o'clock starts. I'm pretty sure it's 9, but still, I, I don't, I can't assume that they would be playing these playoff games for Eastern Conference cities at 9 p.m. You would think it'd have to be earlier, right? Yeah, I, I would imagine that they'll figure that out with the scheduling and, and put it accordingly so that the Eastern the Eastern people can tune in because that's a huge market again. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, if you're going to have the likes of Toronto, Montreal, uh, both New York teams in this thing, uh, that that is, those are huge markets right there. Um, so, yeah, I would imagine they'll, they'll have like the regular seven o'clock starts or seven thirty starts. I, I I would not be too worried about that. Um, but yeah, it seems they're going to Vegas. It, it, I don't know. There's nothing much there, right? Like, we all figured they were probably going to Vegas anyways. They have the awards there. Mm-hmm. They do everything through Vegas. It's a new franchise, so they're really trying to establish, like, the roots of hockey in that community. And so not having it there seemed strange. No, it definitely makes sense as one of them, though. The thing I'm curious about is where that second location is going to be. Yeah, so, like, uh, apparently... Uh, <sighs> You're allowed to, if you're a hockey player, you can travel into Canada uh, and not have to worry about like the 14-day quarantine rule. I think that's because the NHL had stringent quarantine rules already in place mm-hmm. that appeases the Canadian government. So they could have, let's say, Toronto as being the host city, although they're still up for maybe Vancouver and Edmonton, which is, which would be weird, I guess. 
because then you have two Western teams. Someone has to play at home. home. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to manage that one, but it is what it is. But wouldn't that be so weird? Like, let's say, for instance, Toronto is the other one. You're really going to make all the Eastern teams go to Vegas and all the teams on the West Coast go to Toronto? That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. It's a lot of travel, is it not? And then it, what about family, right? Like, I'm sure some of their families are going to come through. I don't know if they can. They only have, like, a, each team has, like, 50 people that they could bring. Right. So, I, I, But that's within their own entourage, I think, right? Like, they've, they've got to make room for guys that are going to be gone for two, three months at a time to see their families. Because even when it comes to the playoffs, they would still be able to go home when they play home games, right? Or between rounds or something. Yeah, they would. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. You're probably right. They might, na- they might not, but, like, man, I don't know. <sighs> they have to figure something out because, like, having these guys away for two two months even is long, is long. And, like, no contact because they, they would have to be quarantined. Boom. Just that's it. Like, that's that's rough. It is. It, it is. And it's not an I- ideal or a perfect situation by any stretch of the imagination, but I just I wanted to throw that in just on top of it. It would be even more strange if they made you know all the teams on the East Coast not go to Toronto, but instead go to Las Vegas, and all the teams on the West Coast go all the way east to play in Toronto. That's the one that gets me because then you're forcibly putting people in a plane, um, which I guess has its pros and cons right like if we're just thinking about this in terms of like the spread of the disease or the spread of the virus sorry not disease uh you put in a plane closed environment but you're getting there faster and you're not stopping a bunch of places Mm -hmm. whereas if you're not flying let's say they drive down right like guys from new york are gonna say you know what i'll drive to toronto it's like a what five hour drive or something like that i could do that it's no big deal um you're still stopping somewhere along the way unless you're bringing snacks with you uh, but even I, someone who weighs 150 pounds, uh, still stops a lot to eat. So I can only imagine what hockey players do. Just, like, they got to constantly stop. And they're chugging water like crazy. They're peeing all the time, I can imagine. Yeah, bathroom break, stopping for food, stopping to, for gas and stuff like that. It's just more variables on top of that. Uh, I think no matter how you slice it, it's gonna, this is going to come off as really cliche, but no matter how you slice it, it's not going to be a perfect scenario for either the Eastern Conference or Western Conference. I just think this wrinkle added in the mix is just a little bizarre. That's all. Yeah, it sounds bizarre because there, there seems to be some sort of disconnect there. It's something mm-hmm. that I, I can't reconcile with my, my brain, thinking like, why would that make more sense than the Eastern staying in the East and the West staying in the West? I'm sure there's a good explanation for it or a explanation that I just can't sort out in my own head. Yeah, but we'll see. It looks like the Islanders are going to Vegas, though. So, I mean, it's not going to matter because they're not going to have any fans in the building. So it's not like there's going to be a home ice advantage unless, you know, it's the games where they're deemed the home team. But it is what it is, right? That's it. That's it. That's the saying for this this period of time in our lives. It is what it is. Absolutely. So want to get into Sorokin and uh, the potential free agent stuff? Yeah. So, okay, we know Sorokin is waiting for a contract. Uh, not sorry, not waiting for a contract. That makes it seem like the Islanders aren't trying to give him one. He's waiting to sign a contract because the NHL is holding that arbitrary line, saying like, "Damn it, we can't sign, or your your guys aren't going to sign current year deals, even though they're eligible according to the CBA," which is ridiculous. We all mm-hmm. know that. Um, uh, it was a Joe. Oh, God, I'm gonna f- part Partorno, Partono. 
Sorry, Partono. There we go. God, I couldn't pronounce it right. I keep wanting to say Joe Paterno, but I know that's not how you pronounce his like name. I know that's not. <laughs> Anyways, from AMNY, spoke to uh, Sorokin's North American agent today, and they're all just like, yeah, we're waiting. We're just waiting. Let. It's kind of like baseball agents. When and where. Just tell me when and where I can sign a 2019-2020 contract, and he will be there, and he will sign that damn thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's kind of the vibes that I've gotten all along. And, I mean, it makes total sense why he's been waiting it out. Um, and if they allow it to happen, which I'm leaning more towards that they're they're going to allow that to happen, I, I would imagine, uh, he, he'll sign and we'll be able to forget about all this. Yeah, it's just until then, there's all kinds of, like, speculations of what the hell's going to happen because we don't, we don't know, right? When, when, our, when our world is full of uncertainty, we try to fill in the gaps with whatever tries to make sense, like we've tried to do with the Vegas situation just now. Yep. And so with Ilya Sorokin, it's like, all right, so if he can't sign a 1920 deal, then what? Then what do we do? What is going to happen then? And from what we've heard, CSK Moscow said, well, here is contract, sort of, uh, Ilya, look here, he says, you signed here one year, yes, signed, Ilya Sorokin with CSK Moscow, one year, thank you, spasiba. But there's allegedly an out in that, you found out, correct? So when I spoke to uh, uh, Avis, um, he said, it seems that the offer, so again, like, this is just CSK Moscow speaking into, like, speaking at Sorokin. Yeah, yeah. He's not saying, like, guys, what do you got? I would like to come over. I want something to figure out. No, no, no. This is very much a one-way conversation or a one-way monologue. They're just speaking at him. And CSK Moscow says, like, look, we'll give you an NHL all clause. How about that? Would you still sign for us if we give you an NHL out clause? Meaning that if he does sign that deal, he wouldn't have to play the full year in the KHL. He would be allowed to leave when the NHL resumes in, let's say, December or January. Right, which that makes sense from their perspective. I'd understand why they'd want to do that. I don't see why CSK Moscow would want to do that because that, that doesn't really help them per se. Um, but... If they can maybe wriggle him into a contract, maybe he'll want to stay longer. Um, but it also gives him a really good goalie for if they start in September, September, October, November, December, right? Four to five months of the KHL season. Right. That's what I mean. They want to you know, okay. have as many wins in the bank as, as possible with the guy. And maybe, who knows, maybe in their mind they could say, we can convince him to stay. All the Ruples, he can have them. He <laughs> can have them. Even though they've got a salary cap, which is an extra layer, right, that we want to yep. get to here with him and then bring that into a free agency for us. Um, the KHL has a 90, 900 million ruble salary cap going into the 2021 season. And Sorokin made 90 million rubles. So he made 10% of their salary right off the hop, just 10% gone. They had a few guys making 10%, right, of what would effectively be the salary cap next year. Right. They're not going to have a lot of room. One of them is gone. Um, Kirill Kaprizov is apparently not going to be signing with CSK Moscow under any circumstance, it seems. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a thing Minnesota Wild fans uh, rejoice, I suppose. Uh, that saves them some money, but they still got a lot of guys like Lyndon Vey, Anton Shlepyshev, uh, Mikhail Grigorenko, like guys that we've heard before mm -hmm. signed to like 1.4 to $1.9 million U.S. deals. So that's 10 to 13% of the cap right there for all those players. They're, they're not going to have the room. So if they can maybe sign him to a half-year deal, quote-unquote, right, uh, with an NHL clause, maybe that helps them kind of float the, bo the, the books a little bit. Um, but that is, it's just, he's not going to make the money he can make here. He's just not going to do that. 
Right, and we've said that all along, so it, it makes sense why the agent has come out and why that you know KHL insider has come out and, and said that, yeah, it seems like he wants to go to the NHL. Well, yeah, because he will never make the money unless they abolish the salary cap tomorrow and CSK Moscow can throw all the monies at him. That's not likely to happen. CSK Moscow tried to have the uh, the salary cap extend, not extended, uh, high heightened to 17.5 million American. I, I forget what the conversion is into rubles, mm-hmm. but they, they wanted it. Into, I think it's like a billion rubles, we'll say. Um, they wanted it at a billion rubles and the KHL was like, no, nah, it's going to be 900 million. Sorry for your luck. They couldn't get an extra $5 million on the cap. They couldn't convince them to do that. So that's how hard-pressed they are for, for to, to make space. Right. So it's not going to be easy for them. So w- under the assumption, we can get into this topic of the part now, um, under the assumption that Ilo Sorokin comes over here for this year, signs an ELC one year for 2019-2020, that creates a, a slight issue for the Islanders. It's a good thing because he's here. Yay, we celebrate. That's good. But he becomes an RFA, which already is added to Matt Barzell, Devontae's, Ryan Pulak, and now Elis Sorokin. That's four big-name guys that you're going to have to get signed. So what the hell are we going to do? I don't know, man. I, obviously, Lou Lamarello has a plan. I'm sure Barry Trotz has had a say in it. Chris Lamarello is involved as well. Like they're all, They all know what's going to happen or around. They have a good ballpark figure what's going to happen financially for them, but... Yeah, that's that is a hell of a wrinkle, right? Like we're already concerned with Barzal, Pulak, Pollock, sorry, Pollock and Taze. It's gonna take me a while with the Pollock thing. Me too. Um Barzal, Taze, and Pollock. That's 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 what there. Nine million dollars to the two defensemen, we we can argue with. At most nine million dollars for the two. Split it whatever way you want. And between eight to nine million for Matthew Barzal. Yeah, both those seem pretty fair, I would say, yeah. So we're already at $18 million max for those two. Now add in Sorokin if he burns that first-year ELC. What's his bridge deal? Two, probably? I would say if he never plays a game in the NHL. Yeah, yeah I'd say two million times about right. That's what they gave, uh, what's his face, right? I don't know who you're talking about. Jan Kovar. Oh, yes, right. I forgot about Kovash. Yeah. Yes, Jan Kovash, a $2 million deal. Uh, you're right. So that that right there, then we're at twenty million dollars. Where the hell are they getting that money from? No, and how much uh, space do they have as of right now? Three million, I believe. Let me just pull it up. I'm pretty sure it was three and change. Well, I mean, like coming off the books, like they have potentially, oh, right. w- yeah, w- working with for uh, the 2020. So they have three point one just free right now. So gotcha. already add that into the mix. So coming off the books, then if we're uh, we're counting Matt Martin 2.5, and let's just assume they're they're not they're not sending any of these guys yet. They're just gone. Okay, so uh, plus 2.5 for Matt Martin. We've got 1.2 for Derek Brassard. We then have the 863 for Matt Barzell, like 863,000, I should say. We have 850,000 for Tom Kuhnhockel. Imagine that. Uh, Tom Kuhnhockel is making 10,000 dollars less than Matthew Barzell. <laughs> on, on the cap, of course. You don't have to do all this math. There's, If you scroll down, it's there on cap-friendly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you it, for stopping me. It's it's $12.6 million projected to cap space. Right. They, so they need to make $7.4 million worth of cap space, give or take, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, well, uh, like, we, we laugh, but, like, a, a, a Johnny Boychuk on clears up $6 million. That's a huge chunk on. 
It is. It is. And that opens a spot, obviously, for Noah Dobson, which is a whole other conversation. But that seems like it's definitely a possibility. Letty seems like it could be a possibility. I know they've said on the record, Barry Trotz has said that they don't want to trade the guy. I understand that, but you have to create the space somehow. Lads, five and a half million dollars. How you are ditching that? I I don't know, but it, it is five and a half million. Komarov's three million. It, it, it's gonna have to take them moving a couple of pieces for essentially nothing. Yeah, uh, well, like Leo Komarov, he's got a modified no trade clause, but you you add that three million dollars to the six million dollars of um, Johnny Boychuk on. He's only got a seventeen no trade list. He being uh, Komarov, Leo, yeah. So that's 24 teams he can be moved to. I, I'm sure like one of those is the Ottawa Senators. Like he's probably got them on his list. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine he's got all the Canadian teams. Uh, maybe not Toronto. Sorry. So like most of the Canadian teams and like two teams he just doesn't want to go to in the states. I don't know which one that would be. Let's say Minnesota for the sake of argument. Because I'm. Although you know what, he probably likes cold climate. He went back to Finland. So. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I- there's got to be another team in the league that's like looking for a fourth line player because my if it's oh, it always seems like I'm the uh, the Leo Komarov basher which I don't think is necessarily the I just don't like the role that he's in with the Islanders I think if a team is looking for like a, a fourth line player that has a boatload of cap space Komarov for two years at three million dollars isn't so bad and you're actually only paying a 1.5 if he's traded after June, July 2nd or whenever the salary bonuses are actually paid in this world right like yeah. he's owed a one million dollar signing bonus, and his base salary is one point five million dollars. So on July second, and I'm using like the air quotes for July second, he'd actually only be owed one point five million dollars, but carrying a three million dollar cap hit. Like if you're looking to make the floor, or or just you know chew up some space, but not have to pay out a lot, for a guy who can still play a fourth line role, he's your man. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that one. The, the lad, I don't think you're going to be able to get any biters unless you're adding a first-round pick in, but you already traded your first-round pick this year, so that's it, it complicates things. Yeah, well, we were going to send him to Minnesota for a first Kiefer Bellows and, Zach, and get Zach Parise back, which is adding money to the books. Yeah, right. So, like, adding $2 million to the, the situation, which is, you know, not favorable, but you are getting a guy who scored, what, 26 goals last year, so... You know, you win some, you lose some, I guess. Yeah, d- definitely on that one. But um, uh, that it's going to be really tricky ha- coming up with that space. It's it's not an e- it's not an easy thing, that's for sure. No, it's not an easy thing. We we have options, right? Like again, you could trade Boychuk, but Boychuk has an eight team trade list. That means he can. O- there are eight teams where he can say, "I will be traded there." <laughs> maybe, <laughs> that's nuts. Maybe he'll waive it. He could. He could if they say, we're just not going to play you. Like, Andrew Ladd was willing to move his no trade, right? And I, and I forget, I think his is half the league, right? It's a 15-team uh, no trade list? I believe so. Yeah, 15 teams he cannot be traded to. He was willing to waive that. Actually, no, he has a no trade clause right now. Just straight up no trade clause. His yep. modify doesn't kick in until next year. Yep, yeah, it was two years <laughs> no move, two years no trade, and then he was willing to waive it. But he was willing to waive that to go to Minnesota, which isn't necessarily like a winning situation. But he's going, I'm going to play. This is Andrew Ladd we're talking about. I'm going to go play if I go to Minnesota. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to play. And the same thing for Johnny Boychuk. He'll want to play. 
he was still a serviceable blue liner for us, right? So I could see him saying like, yes, if you're going to send me somewhere that where I can play, I'll I'll, I'll veto. I'll, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll remove my my no trade clause or waive it. Yeah, I, I don't really see that becoming a huge issue. You know what I mean? It just depends on where it is, right? Like I can see him saying like, I don't want to go to Canada. Even though he's a Canadian, a lot of players just don't want to go to Canada. They don't want to deal with the, the, the media. They don't want to deal with the the conversion necessarily because while they are getting paid in American dollars and buying things in Canadian dollars, which is a very favorable exchange rate for someone who's paid in American dollars, yep. it's great. Um, but they're still you're still living in Canada. I love Canada, but it's not living in like a warmer climate with big cities. It is a lot of small cities, and if you're going to the big city, you're getting hounded. So let I'm talking about Montreal and Toronto. You're getting hounded. You're also getting taxed a lot. We get taxed a lot here, and that's something that players do not like, or anyone else for that matter. No. Maybe they'll trade them to Dallas where there's, like, no state income tax. That's something. I don't know if they got room, but, like, they can't. Do it. Do it. Ve- Vegas, they have no tax, right? Yeah, and Florida, too. There's two of those teams. There you go. Uh, Tampa always finds ways to add people in your shark. <laughs> we have $100,000. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You want to give us Johnny Boychuk? We'll just find it. It's fine. We'll figure it out. I don't know how they do it, but they do it every year. <laughs> Crazy. But, yeah, they're going to have to figure out a way to move some things around it, especially, yes, obviously it's a good thing if Sorokin comes over here for this year and then, you know, they have to sign him after that. But uh, it does complicate things slightly. And that's not necessarily improving the roster offensively that's just which is, saying yeah it's getting us better goaltending for sure but we can't just survive on better goaltending that that'll help us for sure yep uh there's no there's no lie there but like goaltending can't score goals unless you're mario Berdor flinging pk goal like shots over the blue line every two seconds which i don't know if sorokin could do yet or not maybe that's a secret power he's going to turn into a 20 goal scorer the islanders would be very very, very lucky if Oliver Wallstrom or Kiefer Bellows can be a top six player next year. They would be. I, I don't think either of them. I, I think Wallstrom could do it and should be given the opportunity. I do not trust the management, as in coaching and Lou, to put him in that position. I just don't trust them. That's that's where I'm at. I'm kind of the same wavelength as you. Like, I don't trust them yet. I know they will eventually do it. I don't think they're there yet. Nope. I'm I'm right there with you, so... Want to get into the quiz stuff? Yes. I'm on a heater. Let's see if you got me again. Okay. I, I tried to pick a player that I knew you were going to, you, you might know. Because the, the other one that I had, I was like, there's no way he's going to guess this guy at all. But, so here we go. Okay. We're episode 148. So this player has played 48 games for the New York Islanders. You already know this. That is the only fact you know about this player. Here we go. Okay. If you're new to the game, I will give Matt five clues that are progressively easier and they reveal who this player is but he's trying to guess it before I reach the five here we go question number one I was born on April 17th 1982 go don't have one fail (laughs) two I moved to the aisles to get away from the sabers just like everyone else today did you see that by the way they fired 22 people that's brutal. Moved away from that. No, it can't be Michael Neuverth. It is not Michael Neuverth, but good okay. guess. Uh, three. 
I played with John Tavares and put up 38 points in 48 games. Vanek? It is not Thomas Vanek. No, he played. He put up way say, more than yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. He had like a 0.92 points per game pace, I believe. Number four. Okay. The Isles didn't sign him after the 2012-2013 season. Oh, Brad Boyce? Yes! There it is! The job. heater continues. Let's go, baby. Good job. My last one was, my first name is Brad, and my last name rhymes with toys. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm trying to give it away at that point. Yeah, I think I would have gotten it by that one. But, okay. I'll was, i th- I'll take it. I will take that. That's another W for Matt. Yeah, you should absolutely take that. I, I wasn't sure if, if my fourth guess would be too hard or too easy, but I thought, you know what? I think it's going to be fine. It's a good between, and sure enough, it worked. Good. There we go. Perfect. Love it. Absolutely love it. So there we go. Brad Boys edition. Good job by you. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's going on on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson hanging out with you. Talking social media now. Mitch, what do you got for us this week? So the first one comes from at SP19Hockey who says on June 14th, this date in Isles history, June 14th, 1977, the Islanders select Mike Bossy in the first round of the NHL draft and John Tonelli is selected in the second round. Two beloved legends. Uh, I want to add this, this hashtag, hashtag legendary draft. Wow. Just yeah. wow. No, that that's truly phenomenal. It, it doesn't get much better than that in a draft class. It does, because they also draft Stefan Person. Okay. You proved me wrong. So you got three really key pieces. Three huge. Your, your, your second, like your your second pair defenseman. You get your franchise player that scores fifty goals every year, no matter what. And you get a second line winger who's going to put up ninety points. Wild, wild. Yeah, sign me up for that anytime. Big time. What do you got? Uh, first one's from our buddy Rob Tob. Says. Most important thing, the Isles new arena will be a 5G venue. No more bleepy Wi-Fi. And I'm sure we could figure out what the bleepy is because the Wi-Fi stinks at the Coliseum and at Barclays. So it'd be nice to get some good Wi-Fi in there. You better watch out some some COVID-19 conspiracy theories that have come by and oh, knock out those God. towers, buddy. Yeah, got to watch out. Yes, UV <laughs> might see it. No, that's great. It's obviously great. <laughs> it's even worse that like uh, – not worse. Sorry, it's not worse. It's it's even better that this keeps like it keeps going in, right? Like there's more and more that keeps like layer upon layer of positivity is added to this Belmont building. It, I, I, by the time this thing even opens, we're going to be like starving and foaming at the mouth. It's going to be some sort of Pavlovian response of us drooling, waiting for Belmont to open. Yeah, literally me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, this one is from at As Campbell. Says my husband. Some people are stupid. Did you have this one? I was gonna do this one. I'll find another one. Go ahead. All right, my four-year-old. If someone is stupid, I'm gonna call them Rangers. <laughs> That's parenting done right. Yeah. Oh, that is well done, Ashley Campbell. <laughs> well done. Just uh, my my kids aren't aren't that smart yet. Uh, they I... they have never seen a Rangers jersey. Being in, in Ottawa, they don't have to get from, confronted by that. Although I know my neighbor has one because he came out trotting with his Gretzky one. At least it's a Gretzky one. I can kind of get behind that. But if it was like a Brian Leach jersey or something, uh, there may have been a fight, which I would have yeah. lost. The guy's huge, but still. <laughs> no, it, it's all about principle, Mitch. Uh, I would have been, been completely cool with that. 
Do you um, want me to get to the next one, or do you have another one? If you have another one, go for it. Okay, my looking. third one here is, comes from uh, Ryan Mayer. Uh, it's at Ryan Mayer underscore two. says, can we volunteer to help work on Belmont? In obvious reference to, like, can we not get this thing done sooner because it seems we don't have a home arena again? Yes, I, uh, I, I'm with you there. I, I saw one. It's not going to be a part of it. Um, I think it was Daniel Friedman who had it. He was basically saying the Islanders will play at Belmont next year with or without ice. <laughs> Just play on the concrete. If you go back to the on the bench boys, they show how to skate on concrete. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Perfect. <laughs> so my last one's from Brendan Burke's Instagram. Have you seen his beard game? It's insane. Yeah, he has a, his beard is crazy long he trimmed it so uh the closer trim obviously means that hockey's coming soon but who would have thought that brendan burke could uh, grow that much facial hair i i'm definitely not i definitely couldn't i wish i could uh it would take me a lot longer than a couple of months to grow it out that long uh so like good job by you brendan and his hair of course looks fantastic i don't know how you do it damn it no, i'm so like, jealous usually he has it like very tight and like the the slick like over but it's a little long and flowy but it still looks good like He's always on camera ready, I feel like. Always. Just, god damn it. I wish I was like that. I, I got my hair right now. I was doing this stupid, like, 1995 flip up. There you, you know, like, like the George Clooney thing that he, he, he did. I, I, I just know that that was a thing back when I was in like seventh grade. My hair is just doing it naturally right now, and I can't <laughs> get it to stop. Oh, boy. Well, add that to the list. Yeah. My last one is from at beer and soup 82. And this is just coming across my desk right now because uh, I just posted something on Josh Bailey's player grade for 1920. And it was not positive. I gave him a C plus. I'm a Bailieber and I still gave him not a passing grade, but barely, you know, C's still get degrees. Yes. Anyways, uh, beer and soup says being on pace for 52. That was uh, he was on pace for 52 points. Isn't negative if you're good, by the way. What? Last I checked, 52 points is a positive 52 points. How is that a negative? How are people hating on this guy still? Oh, he only scored 52? What a loser. God, he sucks. That's yeah. good. It's and not at, great. It's not top-line talent, but that is good. And at his cap price of $5 million a year, that kind of return for – what? Well, if you told me that – just take the player out. You said – that would you sign up for a forward making $5 million against the cap and putting up 52 points? I would say yes, 100%, without knowing who it was or anything else about it. And, like, consistently, right? He's consistently putting up 52, like, 50-some-odd points. This would have been his fourth year of 50-plus points. What are we complaining about here? Bah, he sucks. I wish he'd done 60. Guys, you were complaining he was putting up 30 just a couple years ago. Now he's putting up 50. Oh, well, that's terrible. You can't move the goalposts here. You can't keep... He's fourth on the team in scoring, tied with Anders Lee for third. Sorry, he's fourth just because of... He's got fewer goals, so he gets bumped down. But, like, he could technically be the third highest scoring player in the team, and still, he's terrible. What are we talking about here? I know, it's ridiculous. It really is. Like, even if you're even if you're negative to Josh Bailey, which I was, I gave him a negative grade, still. Ah, F! Josh Bailey, F! F no matter what. The guy can score 70 points and people still hate him. I don't get it. I don't get it. No, it, it's it's crazy. I, I gave up on that a while ago. Because, like, hand up, I'm, I was not a big Josh Bailey fan before 2016. But I, I think it was warranted to be frustrated. But I could also sit here and say, like, wow, 
he has since completely turned around, and he's one of the better players on the Islanders. Like, I think if you look at it without bias, you could admit, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of his because he underwhelmed for where he was taken and now is a reasonable middle six forward. I get that. That's good. I'll take yeah, it. Exactly. Look, we have a guy that we picked fifth overall who stinks. He stinks. I hope he turns <laughs> it around. I really want you to turn it around, Michael Delcole. I really want you to, like— Put pie in my face. Get give me the Greg Wyshynski act of putting me on the center ice at the Nassau Coliseum or at Belmont, and after a twenty goal season, you put pie in my face. Put two pies in my face. I hate pie. I hate it. But do it because you deserve it if you can get to that level. Josh Bailey was was drafted eighth, and he's putting up consistent fifty point season. And people are still saying like, yeah, but he was sucky before. Okay, cool. Yes, that is a fact. He wasn't great before. Now he is good. Can we not just see those two things? I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah, they're they're not mutually exclusive. They both can they both can exist. No, apparently not. Apparently, you can only ever have one take, and you can never ever stray from that take ever in your life, or else you are dead. <laughs> I think that's a good way to end this show. <laughs> that's 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 where it's gonna be. It's a shorter <laughs> one this week. We don't have a whole lot to go on. No, not a, not a whole lot. The the fireworks are throwing me off, man. It, it was it was tough from from top to bottom, man. A tough tough episode, but we, we pulled through. Champion, that that's you deserve a slow clap for that for just powering through the constant fireworks, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get a couple of plugs in here before we go. So wherever you're listening to this, please make sure to give a subscribe, a rating, and a review. That could really help us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is T-L-O Mitch. You could also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can download our app available for iPhone or Android or visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. And last but certainly not least, if you haven't already, please make sure to check out the Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you so many podcasts, a, a mailbag show, at least two deep dives on a specific topic a week, two live streams, a newscast video. You're getting a ton of content over there, and uh, it's a really nice community of Islanders fans over there. Right, Mitch? Absolutely. Look, I don't actually have real-world friends, as in, like, in my immediate community. My friends are my patrons. Really. They really are. I text them. We constantly talk. My friends are actually my patrons. It's it's a fact. When I, when I talk to my wife, she's like, how are your friends doing? I talk about my patrons, not the guys that I went to elementary school with, because I don't talk to them anymore. It's the patrons. It's patrons and you. That's, those are, that's my inner circle, and you're all on Long Island. <laughs> it's really sad for me. <laughs> absolutely love it we said it a million times mitch is an honorary long islander though so it's uh it's all good i love it i i I wear that distinction with honor there you go so that's gonna do it for us today thank you so much for tuning in once again i'm matt o'leary he's mitch anderson and we'll talk to you next time When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.